0: that was the original dream i imagined that i would have a couple of those restaurants um throughout the caribbean and that was it you would never know who i am you would just know this is the, the restaurant, restaurant yeah. and maybe in passing somebody would say see that lady there she she
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> those restaurants but in sh- hush tones yes hush tones because
0: yeah. i never wanted to be in the front <laughs>
1: Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Beyond the Business. This is a space where entrepreneurs, business professionals, and other creators have a safe space to tell the stories, the struggles, and the successes of their entrepreneurial journey. And me, I have the iconic food designer, (laughs) Arlene. All right, so, uh, Arlene, we've been working together for some time, and now you're here with me on this project. You were very first here, so (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time to... Come and sit down with us and share a little bit of your story. All right. So let's get into it. Give me a little bit of an insight as to where you started and where you are right now.
0: Where I started. My favorite story to tell, I think. Yeah. I used to work at a financial institution. Mm-hmm. And then one day I gave them two weeks notice and started a turn company.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love That it. is so, the
0: short version of a short story, really. Um, I worked there. It was a really nice job. I enjoyed it. But, you know, sometimes people can make your job hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found myself wanting to go home on the weekend so quickly so I could cook up a storm and be in the kitchen. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, I was young when I did it, too. So mm-hmm. I was able to take the risk freely. Um, not an easy risk I learned Of course. It's very soon after. Um, but that's pretty much how I got started. Um, just the love of cooking, coming from a cooking family. Mm-hmm. I learned to cook very young. I was seven when my mother said, come and learn how wow. to stew some chicken. Seven. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and also in my family, you must know how to cook something. It's one of those life skill things that uh, you learn. Growing up in my family, everybody knows how to make something. You must be able to like cook for yourself, make things, you know? Um, and I would also say that, you know, the business particularly started with my grandmother when I was just in primary school. Mm-hmm. She used to give me aloo pies, potato mm-hmm. pies, to in a little box or a container or something to sell. And I think it was like 25 cents or 50 cents. And yes. she used to give me a little cut when, when I sell this, right? Yes. <laughs> so I used to go to work, not work to school, sorry, like a couple times to the week mm-hmm. with these little, you know, alipies. pies. And my grandmother's also very good in the kitchen. So she would make like Kumar and Tamar and balls and stuff. So I always had some little thing to sell. And I had always had like a crowd around me recess time because they know once I come with this specific container that there's something in that container to sell. Right. Um, and then my mom started a business as well in food. And I guess I just fell in I like fell that. In yeah. So
1: interesting for you to say that you started off in school because I remember my very first business was in school. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, we used to sell box lunch, but you know. <laughs> yes, <it's. laughs> but the whole point is, is in those spaces, those social spaces where sometimes you you develop your 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 passion and your and your love and your drive for certain things. Um, you know, I always give credit to my business uh teacher, Mr. Rojas from Trinity College. He is the one who really molded us and reacted. You know, let us realize that you don't have to go down the traditional routes of being a doctor, a lawyer, etc. You can create something out of your own mind and mm-hmm. create a business and, of course, generate a, a lifestyle for yourself out of business. And most of that usually mm-hmm. starts from school. And I think if more schools really tapped into that, you'd be surprised exactly what we're able to bring to the forefront. Yeah. All right? mm-hmm. So you are what I term a celebrity <laughs> chef and food personality I know you every time I say the word celebrity. I get to the celebrity. I
0: think yeah, we can wait on a little know. bit.
1: <laughs> but um, I, I think for the most part, a lot of persons know you from online and doing your content online, but they don't know that you are a chef first. Mm-hmm. And you, you operate in a really unique space. You either see people, so people who are chefs or their personalities. Rarely ever you get the combination of the two. Mm -hmm. How has it been navigating being a personality and a chef for you?
0: Well, I should say that when I started as a chef social media was not a thing. It's mm-hmm. very telling of my age. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't a thing. Um, So it was, the focus was really to be a chef and where you would get your recognition um, would p- pretty much be within the kitchens mm-hmm. of the different restaurants. So you would find when you go to a particular restaurant, you would say, you know, this person cooked there or I used to cook there. This is how you, build, you would typically build your resume as a chef. I didn't have the privilege of working for anyone else in anyone else's kitchen because I've always been doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. But I do understand, you know, how that environment works. So I had to transition from being in the back to being in the front. It was a very unwilling transition. A lot of people would have said, hey, you know, you shouldn't be the face of your business. You have a nice face. You have a nice personality. And in general, chefs do not necessarily, we are not people, person, per se. Right. Right. Um, but I would also like to mention that Food Network had also a great part to play in that because you would, you would never know who Gordon Ramsay is and these people if not for, for those types of platforms. Correct. And maybe Food Network came before social media, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah, that, they, Definitely they that. So, so they it kind was, of pioneered yeah. what the future would have looked like. Like in... chef
0: and personality and mm, celebrity coming together. together. Right. So it was a very unwilling transition. I was asked um, by my very first producer if I can make all of these local things. And I was like, yes, why are you asking me all of this? Because I had done work for that TV station before. Mm -hmm. And we created this show, which was actually my very first in front of the camera cooking experience. It was a very nice experience. And from there, you know, that led into one thing, one led into the other thing and I realized that people really enjoy how I teach the recipes. Mm -hmm. I always get, you know, compliments about, you know, I did this and it was so easy the way you explained it. So I grew to love being in front of the camera from that feedback, knowing that when I show somebody this recipe and I share it, you know, it's helping a mom cook a meal, Mm -hmm. uh, a wife make something really nice for her husband. I've even gotten where you know, people marry from different cultures. So, for example, a Trinidadian man may have married somebody from the US and they look at my videos and they say, oh, I'm going to make this Trinidad meal for my husband as a surprise. And it comes out really well. And so I get those types of feedback and that really encourages me to continue.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) I, I, I would imagine. Now, I've been blessed to work alongside you for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And it's always amazing to see the reaction when we're out in public, um, I remember like, I love to tell the story when we were passing through Barbados, uh, we were going <laughs> to the food and rum festival, and the immigration officer.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, she ran up from behind and she Counter. was
1: like, not... "You." Yep. <laughs> so it's just amazing to see, um, when you combine your talent of of cooking, of course your social ability, and combining that with the content creation and, of course, the digital marketing approach, what it is you're able, how far you're able to reach the impact you're able to have on a global scale because you've cooked (laughs) around the world. I've (laughs)
0: cooked. I've done quite a bit. (laughs)
1: And you've you've brought joy to everyone that you've been able to interact with. Um, So tell me, the average chef, I would like to say, don't necessarily have your part per se. When you started going on this part, did you recognize that this is which part you're going to reach? Was that the ultimate goal that you would have seen yourself cooking all over the world? Or it evolved into that?
0: The original dream Mm -hmm. was I wanted to have a Caribbean-themed TGI Fridays type of restaurant. So it would have been that You know, where TGI Friday sits kind of in the middle. You know, it's not extremely high-end, but it's not, you Mm -hmm. know, necessarily the casual dining. But instead of American comfort food, it would have been Caribbean comfort food.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That was the original dream. I imagined that I would have a couple of those restaurants um, throughout the Caribbean. And that was it. You would never know who I am. You would just know this is the, <laughs> the restaurant. restaurant yeah. And maybe in passing, somebody would say, see that lady there? <laughs> she <was, laughs> you owns know, okay. those restaurants. in hushed tones. Yes, hushed tones, because yeah. I never wanted to be in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, life would be thing as mm-hmm. we say. And it didn't really work out that way. I made several attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is my fifth attempt at a restaurant, actually, and it never really went that way, but I have achieved you know, successes in different ways, even being in front of the camera, I would say is an achievement that I never yeah. dreamed about. If you ask anybody, I, I would always say, make sure there's a back door that I could go in and out of. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be in front at all. <laughs> and now you're yeah. serving. And now, yes. <laughs> now I have to be in front and, you know, it's it has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. It has its advantages and disadvantages, but... It's truly a rewarding experience so far, and it's definitely a unique part. So, yeah, that, I mean, that,
1: that that is amazing. Sometimes we 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 see the finish line, but we don't really understand the journey along to get to that finish line, and the, the directions that we just take sometimes to get to those goals. Yeah. We, we know it, it is an absolute challenge. Um, so, one of the key things um, that impacts businesses is your customers. All right. Now, we've seen a rise in food, what so-called food critics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have my own thoughts towards <laughs> them, but I want to I wanna kind of get it from a, a perspective as, as someone who operates and runs a restaurant or who's in food. How has the customer impacted or have you had any negative um, feedback from customers and how do you navigate or deal with situations like that?
0: With regards to that, I would say it is not, it makes our job significantly harder, but it also allows us to have a, a great deal of accountability with our quality of food mm-hmm. and service. Um, myself personally, personally and many other business owners, chefs, et cetera, we do our best. Where I think it's getting confusing is, you know, this is the saying, the saying is, Baking is a science. Cooking is an art. Mm-hmm. And when we create a dish, it is so devastating for somebody to do two things. One, miss, miss it. You know, yeah, like yeah. they didn't get they, the, they concept, understand they didn't, the concept. You know, of they didn't it, yeah. understand it. And as a result, you get a bad review.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think also changing the art form so for no. example I create a dish this is you know because there is a process that goes into that you create this dish and mm-hmm. then somebody says oh can I have it without this yeah and like, like oh, that's, that's, yeah. That, that's on me, that's that, on me. That's <laughs> it, so. that for me is <laughs> always be like gosh I really want you to have it like L- this this
1: particular you yeah. know
0: and then with regards to persons popping up now and doing all of these reviews, the way I manoeuvre that space is, I ask, is this person qualified to do a review? Mm-hmm. And we also need to be careful what is a review or what is an ad.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that what you just said is so important because yes. a review and an ad are two completely different two completely things, right? Because a review is just someone's open, honest opinion, unbiased, unmitigated, etc. Yes.
0: But a review so- also comes typically with... A set of rules. A level of There's a judging criteria. Okay. So, and I've had this conversation a few times, and I've said, you know, what is what is the best pillow? Wet pillow or dry pillow?
1: I like wet pillow. Right.
0: That is a preference. Mm-hmm. I like dry pillow. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't mean that wet pillow <laughs> is bad. It doesn't mean that dry pillow. But that is a position of preference. Preference. However, we do not, as far as I know, have a judging criteria for pillow. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that says. Pillow should be this way. However, there are things that says take should be this way. Fish I understand. Be this I understand way. what you mean. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So when people pop up and they go, "Oh, the mashed potatoes were too soft,"
1: based on your preference, not yeah. necessarily your criteria. Yes. Understood. How soft
0: is really mashed potatoes <laughs> supposed, supposed to be? Yeah. And, and, you know, what is too soft mashed potatoes? I feel like if I have mashed potato and I feel like I put a cloud in my mouth, this is great. Yeah. You know, so I think that makes this space, especially in the Caribbean food aspects of things, I think that is a bit challenging. Um, I have over the years I've gotten, you know, this was to this or this was to that. I have to say that I haven't gotten like a terrible review. Right. It's more like, and my customers so far has been very gentle. They're like, hey, I just wanted to mention this was a little sweet for us. So this was a little this or, you know.
1: And, and think about how how significant that is. At the moment, they can mention or come to you and say, here's what. I had a problem or I had an issue with this. or I had too much or too little of this. And what we tend to see instead of customers addressing what issue they may have immediately Mm-hmm. They tend to eat the whole food bite up the bone like the fingers, <laughs> and then
0: go onto social go media. Home,
1: then go onto social media and leave a review instead of addressing the issues. Because I'm, I'm of the firm belief that good customer service starts first with being a good customer. Mm-hmm. Simple manners, simple etiquette go a long way. Because I'm pretty certain if if you go and say, "Here's what I don't like this," or "I didn't have, have enough of this," someone there majority of the times i'm on the side of the of the food businesses <laughs> they will in, in in fact try to address the issue yeah. or deal with the matter and uh, you're you're actually blessed to be able to have customers that will come to you um you know you could have do this or you could have done this a little bit differently and i think that makes a difference in terms of how we perceive um food businesses out there and how sometimes we even harm businesses out there yeah. because when one person makes a bad review, I will go online and say, this is a good place to eat and five people will watch it. I'll go and say, this is a bad place to eat and 5,000 people will watch it, not yeah. realizing the impact that you will have on someone's business your yeah. creative freedom and the investment. Because when you make an investments in the food business, <laughs> God alone knows the are in the of, of doing something yeah. like that and you can do irreparable damage yeah. to these people. So I
0: think too, like people who are in social media do have a social responsibility. And in my opinion, a good bit of them are just very careless. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and you mentioned something like etiquette. And I feel like that also is just going out of the window because people come also with this preconceived idea of what this, I want this experience to be this way rather than this is the experience I'm providing. Right. You know, I'm, I would go somewhere and I would say, you know, this experience wasn't for me. Not that it was bad or good or anything, it just wasn't, wasn't something yeah. that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. and I just would not go back.
1: But and you have that choice as and, well, <laughs> you know.
0: And people seem to forget that you can also just not go to a place. Yeah. You know, it's like I mean, this is this is very drastic. I'm not not something in the Caribbean, but I saw where this vegan person went to a, a restaurant that typically would serve meat. The chef made a special plate for her. She found it was too expensive and she made a whole cool rant and she started protesting outside of the restaurant. And he said, I'm banning all vegans. No vegans. No vegans. <laughs> I, I mean, it, you Sorry. know. I'm very, <laughs> very up to date all, It is very drastic, but I can see where mm-hmm. chefs and restaurant owners are becoming frustrated with that type of entitlement.
1: Ah, that's the word right there, entitlement. Yeah, because (laughs) if
0: if this is my menu, I don't think it's okay for you to come in. And now if you say, hey, you know, I wish you guys had more vegetarian options. It is my prerogative to say, yeah, let's add some. Hmm. And from a business standpoint, it does make sense. And from a service standpoint, it does make sense. But if I am a steak restaurant... Mhm yeah and you are coming to ask me for a vegetarian option
1: this is not the place for you
0: you know you can go to a place that, that is, is passionate is... about it and and you know vegan food is a whole different dynamic of cooking as well it is you know it's a different it's a different spirit as well the ingredients though similar it would be you know just the way you put it together to make it nice in general, it, yeah. you know, <laughs> that has, you know, a bit to do with it. So I think that sense of entitlement it gets mixed up with the opinions and the reviews, and it's it's getting very complicated, very messy, very fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm definitely, because, again, it's it's all, it all leads back to, to preference. Now, I want to touch on your latest project. Mm-hmm. My House Tobago. We have been seeing the content on. Well, I make the content, so that's <laughs> what we're seeing. <laughs> I've been blessed enough to work alongside you with this particular my house, um, my house project. Let's tap into exactly what my house represents as a brand, and what the expectations could be for the customers.
0: My house came about after I said I'm never opening another restaurant. Just so you know. <laughs> and I made that statement um, after I closed the Octopus Grill. This mm-hmm. was COVID time. And I was like, you know, I'm pretty tired. I think I could take a break. I even went and learned something else. Right. I could not tell you what that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, nah, I'm done with this. Um, but then I started creating the recipe videos and I was like, yeah, I could do this as mm-hmm. my way to stay in the community and contribute as well to the industry. And then people kept saying, Boy, I wish I could eat by you. I want to come and eat by you. I want to eat yeah. by you for thing. And you know, and then when I post posted and things like time I would spend with my family or something, they'd be like, Boy, I wish I could come and eat mm-hmm. by you. Or they might be well cooking up a storm, you know, things like that. And um then the opportunity for the space was there and I was like, you know, maybe I can I can do this and it was there. It was something happening in the background. And then I was like, you know, let's just, this is going to be, I mean, it is a house. It is a, it, yes. This space so is, is a house. My house is, <laughs> is, in fact, a, a house. house. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this will, it will just be, you know, to kind of also, I guess, collaborate with the personality side of it. I figured, you know, let me just tell people, come and eat at my house.
1: I love it, and, and we, we see persons come across uh, one of the one of the um, pop ups we call them is uh, breakfast before bed. Mm-hmm. So this is the opportunity for persons to come and get that authentic Tobago style thing at six seven o'clock in the evening. Yes, <laughs> into, the, into the night. So you get your hot chocolates, etc. Where did that concept come from?
0: Well, Tobago is a small island, mm-hmm. and the way I describe how we share customers in terms of all the other restaurant owners, mm-hmm. we, depending on where your restaurant sits in terms of price, determines how often a group of clients will come. And we're right. not all we are we are not all serving the same clients all the time. However, it's like this: you have doubles, you have the middle range, you have top tier. Mm-hmm. You're not going to the top tier every week. No. Right? So you may be there maybe once a month, every other month or special occasions. Then you come down by by my level Mm -hmm. there, maybe every two weeks for a little something. And then, but at the same time, if we have, let's say, out of the population, let's say it's a thousand people eating out Mm -hmm. in all total, only a percentage eats up here, only a percentage eats here, but everybody eats here. Yeah. So we are always sharing a group a, of, of customers. customers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we're also competing with things like Christmas. So if I'm Christmas coming up, people are eating out. They, you know, they're grabbing mm. something fast and, they go in and they're going and really studying to time, time. and things like mm. that. So recently I've noticed that we've gotten quite a few nice breakfast spots. Right. Some of them I know as you know colleagues, I mm-hmm. would say. And I didn't want to jump into that same space
1: them. Mm. to
0: compete. So I looked and I said, you know what? Well, let me do it any night. Nobody else is doing no, breakfast, breakfast any night. So let's, <laughs> let's see. And I just, I tried it and I had a really good response. And yeah. Well, look, well, look at
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all breakfast any night. I mean, I, I remember when um, there was a restaurant in, uh, is it Maraval? There's a diner. The diner. The, the diner there. Yeah. And people were, they were rushing for the pancakes, etc And they were doing pretty well. Yeah. You know, so I'm guess now you're able to bring a similar type of theme where you can get breakfast at. Yeah.
0: Like and of you're saying, you know. Right? We've we changed the menu. So mm. right now it's it's a Tobago centric menu because mm-hmm. people can't get enough of it. I'm not changing it because people keep asking. <laughs> yeah, they keep asking. As soon as I feel like, you know, they're ready for something different, then I'll make the change for sure.
1: Wonderful. One thing I want you to do as a businesswoman is to celebrate a win. So we're going to be celebrating wins on Beyond the Business. (laughs) If you can highlight one win that you've had for the entire, let's say 2023.
0: 2020.
1: One of your your
0: biggest wins. A good win for me would be my Sunday lunch service. Yeah? That (laughs) to me... um, I did not know if it would work. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if people would buy Sunday lunch like that. But I believed in it from a very selfish place because I am like, I am not cooking Sunday lunch for myself. Right. <laughs> right, cook I'm a... <laughs> cooking other things and <laughs> I would love to go and buy Sunday lunch somewhere. And it is just, it, there is nothing fancy. It's a traditional Sunday lunch, macaroni pie, callaloo peas, forwards. And I'm told out every Sunday.
1: I remember, um, (laughs) I remember taking, I I believe was a voice note, either a voice note or a phone call. Mm -hmm. And the person is trying to place their order and you're hearing pastor preaching in the background. Yes. So we want to advise persons, when you're placing your orders for your Sunday lunch at my house, Please don't do it in the middle of service. (laughs) Pastor is complaining. Yes, I have. You should put
0: that at the bottom of the flyer.
1: Don't order during chips. Don't order during chips. But
0: I would, I would say that that has been a win. Well, I would say that has been a win in my house. Mm -hmm. A win for me. Well, I'm not sure if it's a win just yet. Is getting back into food business.
1: Yeah and you have to be some level of brave to be able to you Now you mentioned this is your fifth attempt at doing this um it shows your level of tenacity and willing to sometimes you don't even realize that you're just born to do something <laughs> regardless of how far you try to run from it you're just kind of gonna end up right back in this space of creativity which is for me just that's, that's just your purpose you know identifying your purpose and knowing what you're meant to do and Doing it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's most important. All right. So we celebrated, we celebrated the win. Mm-hmm. All right. Um,
0: confetti. We,
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get some confetti. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you have your restaurant. You have your, already set yourself as a personality. Some of the main challenges that you face as a restaurant owner and as a personality.
0: Now, there's a piece of a challenge that is unique to women. Mm -hmm. So I will answer that as well. Wonderful. I think we will appreciate that (laughs) perspective very much. Being a business owner, I think in general, but of course I always stay in my lane. So being a restaurant owner, I think the general challenges is really just the day-to-day operations. Mm -hmm. It is 24 hours nonstop. You're thinking about it. Um. I have challenges for things like produce. Mm-hmm. You know, there is always um, something as simple as zai, for example, um, or spring onion as some people would say. That is a big part of everything that I make. Sometimes there's a shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, if the boat doesn't work, the inter-island ferry doesn't work, mm-hmm. then there's shortage of things.
1: And that is the challenge I think a lot of businesses <laughs> yes. as well face. So I feel for your... that
0: one is is specific to Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, And there are also just things like staff. It's always a challenge. Yeah. And while I can do everything in my business, I could do everything from top to bottom. I could do everything, but it's not. It's not realistic for me to continue to do everything. Right. So staffing is one of those major challenges as well. And, you know, for me, I hire for personality over skill. I can teach you a skill. Yeah. But character, can I can't mm-hmm. teach.
1: Character. Yeah, gotta come <laughs> right?
0: yeah. Um, so those are some of the main ones that I experience. Um, just the supply of stuff and staff. As a woman in business, there is always this extra step that we have to take in terms of taking meetings and safety. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that a lot of people don't recognize it. Like, obviously, I mean, you're a man, you probably didn't really think about it because you're not in my position. And I explained it like this to a friend of mine who's also in business. I said to him, if somebody calls you and says, hey, I want to meet with you at Jackie's... At 7 p.m. to talk about your T-shirt business, mm-hmm. you can say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, no problem." But when I get that same phone call, I have to think about the time of night. Yeah,
1: How are you getting there? Yes. Which part are you gonna park?
0: <laughs> yeah. all of those things, in addition to what is the intention of, this of the meeting. man asking me to meet? And I have to become more and more cautious of this over the years. Well, less now, because I think people more, they get my position pretty mm-hmm. early up. But before, I've had so many experiences where men were inappropriate. Mm. They asked me for meetings. I'm in business. I have to go to the meetings. So they set it up as a dinner or a drink. A, a more casual yes, type of I'm thing. which I'm fine with. But... yeah. Then I started doing coffee shops in the daytime. Like, oh, I really can't do 7 p.m., but can we do coffee instead? And some of them are unwilling. It does help weed out the undesirable Mm -hmm. intentions, but it is a step that we have to take that is so exhausting. And I know for a fact that I have lost a lot of opportunity because I was skeptical and I didn't show up to this and it couldn't, it didn't necessarily mean that that person had ill intentions, but because I was like, mm.
1: Be uncomfortable. Yeah. Challenges as women get into business, as they as they start to explore the entrepreneurial journey, um, taking into consideration the factor of safety is really really important, especially in our society. We, we we know what is going on, you know, um. So it's good to know that you will be, you've been able to identify that and adjust your play and your approach as well to ensure that your safety is is paramount. Yes. Yeah.
0: So it's just a, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's an additional step that we have to take. And for me, mm-hmm. that was a major challenge. And I have actually been told that if I don't do this, I'm not going to get this job or this opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean, it's a, it's a, obviously it's a choice we have to make if we want to do something for something or, you know, pass up on the opportunity. And I've had to miss out on quite a few what I think is opportunities. But of course I operate in on a level of faith that lets me know, well, you know, maybe this is not, this is not the sacrifice for me then. You know what I mean? And I think just just that, along with also forming relationships is also challenging.
1: Yeah, I mean... I probably wouldn't have to experience that, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: to
1: and, to at least on a lesser scale, you know, but um, it's it's really interesting and definitely something that we need to to take note um, going forward. I want you to give those who are in the food industry, mm-hmm. all right? So we know we're going to have persons who are into food, who are into catering, et cetera. What piece of advice you can lend to someone who is entering this space?
0: Starting a catering business or a food business? Yeah. Love it. Love it. This specific industry, you have to love it. The hours, the physical work, the endurance, you have to love it. You have to love this food, making this food from start to finish and everything that comes with it. It is not something you can go into and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this and make money. If you want to have a quality, long-standing existence in the food industry, you have to love it. Because the amount of challenges, the amount of losses that I have experienced, and still I go back, mm-hmm. it is also a calling. It is a love. Um, I miss it when I don't have it. I hate it when I have it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know it you don't work for six hours in a food in a yeah, food business. All. it's it's ten and up. It's ten and up. sometimes for me it's fifteen depending on the season, depending on what I have to get done. And like I mentioned before, when a staff member doesn't show up, I have to fill in yeah. for that as well. Mm-hmm. so you have to absolutely love it you have to be able to sit and be like yeah this was you know and enjoy it along the way which I tend to do like you know I might cook some and be like yeah this is it's always the best thing. since the, you know I'm always yeah. like this is the best one this is the this best is one, one yeah. <laughs> Um of course that is improvement over the years practice and you know being more confident in mixing flavors and things like that but I would say Make sure that you absolutely love it. Because I know a lot of people that did all of their training. They went to culinary school. They did all the things. And they are not operating in the industry at the moment.
1: Uh, and I think that, and that is which part the passion starts to feel. Yeah. And the weariness starts to set in. Yeah and that's what purpose comes back into play there (laughs) because if that is not your your purpose you're definitely not gonna last throughout it yeah so we're here now for designer arlene personality developed (laughs) brand is out there we have Mm -hmm. my house that has developed what do you have or where do you see yourself or your business in the future
0: Future for me would look like I would love to continue sharing more recipes online. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I, absolutely enjoy the fact that people benefit so much from it on any level, mm-hmm. you know. So I definitely see myself doing more recipe videos. There are things that I would like to share in terms of vessels and utensils. Oh, yeah. so you could expect <laughs> like 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 a
1: Martha Stewart finish, where you have your own line of pots <laughs> and knives. You know what?
0: Yes, I'm like, a, like, a, like a Martha Stewart meets Tabitha Brown in the Caribbean kind of thing.
1: I feel <laughs> <So>. it. <laughs> was, that, was that like you used trendy Caribbean? Trendy, trendy Caribbean. Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Trendy Caribbean yes. um, cuisine and cooking and that whole stuff. Because I love the way you fuse a lot of the traditional aspects of food into your recipes. You don't stray away from the basics but you also make it fun. So when we had the dal and rice and the martini cups, <laughs> you know. Is, everybody talks or, about <laughs> this. Or we had the Oxl- the oxtail pizza or the pineapple and chicken pizza. Yeah. You know, so we you always find ways to integrate the traditional aspect of our cooking mm-hmm. into these really trendy, fun ways. And you don't see a lot of people doing that. It's either it's really contemporary or it's. It's all stew, chicken, rice. I see, (laughs) you just
0: revealed my secrets, (laughs) which is fine. So my approach to um, all of my recipes, menus, is to really hold on to that tradition that gives Mm. you a sense of nostalgia. So people are usually like, I feel so good when I eat your food. Yeah, You know, and it's those little things, keeping the tradition Alive, you know, just today, a woman said to me, I made my coconut, I made your coconut bake recipe for my husband. And he said it tastes just like his mother's. For me, that is the ultimate ultimate. (laughs) compliment. I felt, I, I mean, I blushed at the compliment because this is, um, you know, a mature lady telling me this. She has a mature husband. And Mm -hmm. so for him to identify that with his mom, which would easily be my grandmother to me that. You know, holding on to those types of feelings um, through food is very important. That is really my approach in most things. So I want to be fancy. You're right. But also this assists me as well in being recognized for the times when I do travel for work mm-hmm. and I have to do a presentation or a demo of any type, kind. It's, you know, this is where I'm from, but I could be fancy.
1: I love it. You know what I, I mean? It. Yeah. So we've had the pleasure of meeting a few celebrity chefs along our way. Mm-hmm. All right. We met Chef Huda. We met Ann Burrell. I, I remember I remember those times. Those <laughs> if there's one celebrity chef that you could probably cook alongside, who would it be?
0: Who would that be? Um, oh, that's a very tricky one. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a very good question. <laughs> Um, I can't pick one and I'll tell you why. Um, I read Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, me rest in peace. He would be somebody I would like to cook for and have a conversation with because Mm -hmm. that book really reminds me (laughs) Mm -hmm. of, you know, where my place is and how I'm inspired and things like that. I think that Chef Huda is a very fun chef. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if we did something together, that would be Another an fun. amazing, amazing <laughs> dish, whatever it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of meeting her, of course, and attending her demo. So that was very inspiring and encouraging for me as well. And I had a few, you know, sideline chats with her. So I would love that experience. And I think I want to cook for Gordon Ramsay. And uh, like I like I wanna or maybe challenge him. He's always challenging people with his beef wellington well, like, and yeah. this and this. I would like to challenge him to something like a macaroni pie. Just, yeah. just come true. Yeah, I feel like
1: if <laughs> I feel like if people go on do a macaroni pie challenge, <laughs> yes. you, you, you'll give my good one three money. I think so too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, food is, is such a dynamic thing. Um, we did Barbados Food and Rum Festival. And I know that kind of runs into your personality side of things. Uh, do you see yourself continuously attending more of these food and rum festival? And can I continuously come with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: definitely willing to attend more of those things. Um, before we did this on social media, I did attend a lot of these things. Um, mm-hmm. what is that? Free social media?
1: Free? So- <laughs> Free existence
0: Free. <laughs> <laughs> P, is it, would it be, how did it say, BC? Um, BC? BS. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Prior to us also. having social media, I used to attend a lot of food festivals. Every time I travel, anytime mm-hmm. there was one. And we used to have a lot of those in Trinidad and Tobago as well. Mm-hmm. And competitions I would enter and stuff like that. I judged a few competitions as well. All of those things keep me inspired. So I will definitely continue to attend. And of course, you can come along.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's it, guys. <laughs> yes. what,
0: what better way to, you know, that, to me, that is the best job in the world. You, you, eat, know, you drink, I, you talk about it.
1: It, it, it is it's truly something, you know, I, I, I advise, <laughs> advise all the brand managers, all the social media managers, the content creators out there, get yourself a chef. Or a food, list, <laughs> or a restaurant on your client list,ing because I'm telling you, I have at least a lecture. Yes, Sorry, filming, you know I mean,
0: filming <laughs> no, because a heavy week, you know,
1: just the stress of eating all this good food has just been so so stressful. So, so stressful. Yes. I mean, but that is
0: another bit of advice I would I would say for anybody, even before you go heavily into your business, if you're if you're just thinking about it, food festivals are locally internationally wherever you can attend them however you can afford to mm-hmm. is a place where you get inspired for sure i recently picked up a uh, pumpkin jam oh at uh, World Food Day in Tobago and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the scale like people think you know you go to the big fancy ones let me yeah. tell you there are some really creative people doing amazing things but they're now starting out
1: That's very you know true. we
0: even I did a bunch of those food festivals when I was starting out to, to get my brand out there to get people mm-hmm. to taste things sample things things like that so you go to these festivals and you just buy a little interesting things and you try it and you taste it and you you know you kind of go with that pumpkin jam immediately when I Tasted it, and this is, you know, my tree in the tongue. I was like, this, is good, this is good for roast fish. Mm. You know, like now I'm able to be like taste something and go, yeah, this is you a good roast fish. Something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that that, that and is. And many years ago, I went to a bacon festival in New York. The whole festival in just there it was bacon. just bacon stuff. I had bacon sushi, and I bought bacon jam. No, we're
1: going into the rabbit hole here. We're talking about bacon jar. Yes. And I, 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 I always, always speak about that time we did a chocolate rub on pork. Yes. No, it a chocolate favorite? ham or a chocolate pork? Pork. Was pork ribs pork.
0: rubbed with chocolate.
1: Chocolate. All right.
0: Tell me a
1: little bit more about that chocolate pork
0: recipe. Now, that is not really a foreign thing chocolate on pork it's not it super popular but it's mm-hmm. not a foreign concept um i think with me and my recipe i use the tobacco chocolate that we used to make mm-hmm. the that is probably the difference but sometimes recipes come about out of desperation meaning oh, shoot i didn't have anything what am i going to put on this pork rib? And I'm looking around the kitchen, but there is a calculation that happens with it. And that comes with experience and knowledge, of course. Mm-hmm. And there is a bitter sweetness to that chocolate. And then typically when you rub pork, you put a little brown sugar, you put a little paprika, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know how that chocolate tastes. Right. And I just have that imagination. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to work.
1: You know. Just understanding those what they yeah. call it, flavor profile.
0: Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that, I love that definitely comes with practice, and mm. that is one of the reasons why I always encourage people to go to the food festivals because people are doing all kinds of things. Yeah,
1: we're seeing that. No, I mean, yeah. we, how much we did about seven different flavors of pastel this year. Yes, we we, we put curry curry crab yes. in pastel, curry crab pastel. pastel. What, what else we have? Jira pork. We had gira pork pastel. Like, <laughs> We just threw all the rules out of the yes. window and we're adapting to and which is nice to see the evolution of food. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we grew up with food tasting one particular way. Yeah. And now you're seeing people opening up their minds and their palates into new interesting things, which is good, especially for businesses. And when we are able to position ourselves as business owners to be innovative, to be creative, you know, and to be able to connect people with those experiences and maximize on those opportunities, see how much steps that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, there's a certain sweet spot in there that ensures that you're successful in your business. And I think you've done just that, being able to blend that contemporary and traditional taste, and really bring that um experience together. Of course, complement with your personality. You know, people feel like they can be in your presence and they, you're cooking for them directly, you know? So I want to end on that note right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you very, very much for being part of our very first, first, first podcast. I, I mean, outside of this, I do look forward to us continuously working together. Yes, we sure. have some fantastic experiences, you know? And I also want to encourage others, if it is you enjoy the content that you consumed here, if you enjoy hearing the behind the scenes of businesses, like I said, this is a space where we discuss the stories, the struggles, as well as the successes. We celebrate those successes here on Beyond the Business. And we're looking forward to continuously growing. So feel free to like subscribe drop a comment maybe there's an industry that you're interested in maybe there's a space that you would like for us to cover maybe you're an entrepreneur yourself your business professional yourself and you really want to be able to get into the space of being able to tell your story and inspire and motivate others this is the place to do it all right so till next time i'll see you all on beyond the business beyond Thanks the again, business
0: Allie. yeah very well thank you <laughs>